0: Nothing worse than being lonely and destitute. The Gospel has an answer, as we'll see next. Join us. Can you imagine what community would do for those who are living out on the streets and living alone, living destitute lives? You see, community is very important for the success of any one of us as people, period. But as believers in Christ, it goes even further than that. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from the Well a Christian community in Livermore, California. We're in Psalm 68, verses 4 through 6 today, as we see in this verse what it means to go from solitary to families. And we'll explain that word solitary in just a moment. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now.
1: Sing to the Lord, or sing to God, sing praises to His name. Extol Him who rides on the clouds, by His name Yah. And rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless. A defender of widows. Is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. Somebody say families. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. It says, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. I've talked about this the last few weeks that ultimately what the devil is doing is he's, he's breaking down marriages so that ultimately... He can destroy families. Then as he destroys families, he wants to destroy communities. If he can destroy communities, he tears down cities. If he gets cities, then he gets states. Then he gets states. He gets country. He begins. This is how he operates. The devil wants to break down marriages so that he can destroy the family structure, so he can destroy everything that God has established. And for us, we have to see this. We have to understand that this is part of the battle, the dynamic. He's trying to redefine what marriage looks like, what families look like, what looks like, what relationships look like. He's trying to redefine who people really are. He's going through this process to break down everything that God Almighty has established. And it's our job as the church, we have to model what God has established. We have to do the best that we can to be examples in the midst of in the midst of gross darkness. Now, I understand all of us in this room have made mistakes and all of us have had our ups and downs. But just because we have made mistakes, it doesn't mean that God has changed his system to accommodate us. Can I have an amen, y'all? What he's established, he has established. And so this verse right here is very powerful because it says God has set the solitary. Now this, this Hebrew word. It's is good because it means the desolate. This word solitary means desolate. It means lonely. It means forsaken. This word here. Solitary means outcast. And then. The last. The last point here is. It means without friends. Without friends. So. When God, he says, God has set the solitary, he's talking about individuals who have, who feel like they've, their life or their life is in a position where they feel just desolate, lonely, forsaken, outcast, and without friends. And we would be surprised how many people are living their lives with these characteristics, This is how they're living their lives. They're lonely. They feel outcast. They feel desolate. They're in a position where they just feel forsaken. And so people like this, they tend to gravitate towards drugs and gravitate towards this and gravitate towards secret sins. To try to make themselves feel better about themselves. And it's all as a result of them being in this, what you would call a solitary lifestyle. And... God himself said, it's not good that man is alone. Everybody needs friends. Everybody needs people to connect with. God wants to put put us with people that are like-minded and that that can help us and and help to encourage us and strengthen us and correct us and, and all those other things. And so he says this. God sees this about people's lives. And he says it very clearly here. God is a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He gives us the right kind of connections. He places us in the right position. And for all of us here, we have to see that the church that God is building, which is an extension of the kingdom of God, is the ultimate family. It's god God is building his family and he's putting us together. And the church in the earth is called to be an extension of that, is called to model that, to give people understanding about that, about Father God. He, 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 he's designed it to, to give people hope and to bring them into something which is the ultimate family. He takes people that are solitary and he puts them in the family. And God, through his word, has told us that his church is the household of God, the house of God, it's the family of God. And then most importantly, he says that we are his children. We are his children. And so when it comes to the church We have to see ourselves as a big family. And unfortunately, people don't see the church as a big family. They don't see local churches as part of God's family and tribes within the family. People don't see it like that. They just they see church as like a big social club. They see it like a like like they're going, you know, a golf club or their bingo club or whatever. But the church is not that. It's a life-giving and life-breathing organism that God has established in the earth as an extension of himself. And all of us are, we're we're called into it, we're born into it through being born again and through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And we have to learn to embrace that aspect of being a part of, of God's family. And he takes a person that's solitary and he's saying, you can't live your life solitary anymore. I'm bringing you into the family. And in the family, there's going to be ups and downs. There might be a few squabbles here and there. There's going to be, but I'm bringing you into the family. And the family may not be, the family may not have, I want to say this right. You may not have grown up in a good family. But I'm bringing you into the family to teach you about. What family is all about. Now, if we're doing our job, we have to do our job as a church to model that. But we have to make sure that we realize, saints, that this is part of what God is doing. He didn't call any of us to be solitary. He didn't call any of us to solitude where we don't relate to other people. This is how God has established it. We want to embrace this aspect of his ministry in the earth through the church as we have become children of the most high God. And so stop thinking that you can just do it all by yourself and you don't need anybody. But God, God said that he's putting you in family. God said that he's calling you out of solitude into relationships, healthy relationships. And so for all of us, we have to see that aspect of Christendom and stop thinking the church is just some place that we come as a social club. No, God's bringing you into this because some of the reason why some individuals feel desolate, lonely, forsaken, outcast and without friends is is because of what has happened in their natural family. And people don't want to say it. But sometimes this is what happens. And and every natural family needs to embrace God's family. And that's what's going to cause us to become great in the earth. And so, so what I'm saying here once again is embrace what God has birthed you into from a spiritual standpoint. And understand that just because you did not have it well with your natural family does not mean that you have to remain isolated and in solitude god is bringing you into something else and he's bringing you into something that has that has a strong foundation but that also means that when we come into the family we have to learn how to relate to god according to his principles and his desires and learn to conform to his will and the way in which he wants things to be done. We can't treat God like he's our natural father. We can't live our lives in the kingdom as though God is is just somebody that that let us down, that wasn't there for us, that wasn't a great example. We have to understand that God has shown himself to be the the best example ever that ever existed in everness. Can I have an amen, y'all? And ultimately, we have become his children. Go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 on down to 3. It says here in verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has, not been yet re- been, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. This is wonderful. I love it. It says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. It blows my mind to think that God has called us his children, that God is breathing to us his spirit. That he's imparted to us a divine nature through Jesus Christ. That every single day as we choose to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, that our old nature is dying, but our new nature in Christ is being revealed from day to day. That we literally are going through a transformation process from the inside out right now as we're walking upon the face of this earth. That he's sharing his wisdom with us. He's sharing his insight with us. He's sharing his knowledge. He's sharing his compassion. He's sharing his goodness. He's sharing his kindness. He's sharing his love with us. He's teaching us to be a vessel, a channel of blessing. He's helping us to deny our old self so the new self could, be, could emerge. He's even changing some of our appearances. We got out of the clubs and the bars and all this other stuff, and now our face is shining a little brighter. Our teeth look better. All, all, all the redness in our eyes is gone. We're actually sleeping at night and not all, not up all night in a smoky club. He's, he's taken us through this transformation internally. That's also having an, an impact externally. He shares with us his peace. He shares with us his patience and his kind he shares all these attributes with us that he possesses so that we can continue to reflect him in the earth it's amazing to me that god would call us his children knowing our past knowing our baggage knowing what we've been through knowing what we did knowing what we said about him knowing how we didn't believe but yet god somebody needs to praise him right now but yet god stooped down to your level, and sent somebody to come and get you off the streets and get you out of twisted thinking and get you out of mindset that was all messed up, that he went and told this person, share your faith with him. Share your faith with him. Share your faith with him. Talk to him about me. Tell them about me, that this God would turn around and call me his child. Having not a father, mother has issues. Family broken up. People over here don't talk to each other. They don't invite us over for Christmas. This person, all this natural baggage. But God stoops down and said, hey, 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 hey. I'm your father. Hey, I'm your father. That God would turn around and call us his children. That he would stop and pursue you. Don't you think for a minute you came to God? He came to you. And he got you. He came and looked after you. You were doing your own thing. And God started pursuing you. So the beloved John, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. To even be called a child of God. What an awesome expression of God's love for us to even to even be called children of God. But then he stops in verse three and he says, and if every and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That means that it's no use just being called a son of God if I don't start reflecting God. Allowing the purification process to take place in my life. So now I don't just have his name. I have his character. So now I'm letting God purify me. Because he's brought me into the family. He's given me the spirit of adoption. Whereby my heart cries, Abba Father. And he's confirmed with my spirit. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And now he takes me through this purification process. He takes us all through this purification process. He's detoxing us from the world, from worldliness, from carnality, from the things we came out of and all the baggage of our natural parents and this and that and stuff. He's purifying us from all the world's toxins. But then he says that we got to purify ourselves. That means i got to come out of agreement with things that, that, that I need to come out of agreement with. So I can embrace him as my father. This is what he does. And then the thing that is so beautiful. And I was me and the elders. We had our elders meeting this morning and we were just talking about this. We we're talking about how I was telling them about, how, about the power of really your name. It's, it's amazing how. People don't live their lives thinking about leaving a legacy for the name that they carry. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's always thinking generationally when he's thinking about you. And the name that you carry means something. I've been, you know, I'm writing this book. I'm going through this process with writing this book, doing all my research, and and I told you for a, for a whole month, God just had me studying the book of Numbers, and all I could just you just read such and such begot such and such, and such and such begot such and such, and such and such begot such, and all that. Generally, people just skip over all that because you can't even pronounce half the names. But the bottom line is the principle that God is this is establishing is you didn't just get here by yourself that you're that 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 name that name on the, on the back of your jersey means something that and you're you're called to carry that name on and this is the thing when i was doing all the research for you know my family tree and all this other stuff i i i i i, I love this i said you know what I don't know about all these other people's character with the name Kaufman but I do know that I can set in motion something right here with the with the Kaufman family name that could go from generation to generation and generation and such and such begot such and such and such and such begot such and such and such and such begot such and such and and carrying on the legacy of your family name means something it means something it means something in the natural but how much more should it mean in the spirit then God says, you're my child. I chose you. I, you're mine. And then he says, listen, I'm not only going to call you my child, but I'm going to give you my name. And I'm going to give you access to the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And I'm going to let you use the name. I'm going to let you, you're covered in the name. And that you have access to the power of the name. And that, and that the name of Jesus is, is a calling card for you. When you come on your job, you're going in the name of Jesus. When you take care of your children, you're take caring them, taking care of them in the name of Jesus. As you pastor the church, you're pastoring in the name of Jesus. When you cast out devils, you cast out devils in the name of Jesus. When you heal the sick, you heal the sick in the name of Jesus. When you preach the gospel, you do it in that. Whoa, my goodness, I'm feeling this. That I'm not just, I don't just have my name, I have his name on me. Somebody needs to shout right now. <laughs> Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. God takes the solitary and brings them into family. The ultimate family. His God's family. And look what he says here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 on down. Okay, look. Look at this. He says, Therefore, As the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you, so you also must do. Somebody say, must do. When it comes to forgiveness, you don't have an option, another option. It's a shame. People come to the family of God, the church of the living God, and God brings us in here. And he forgives us for all of our stuff. And then when somebody steals your parking space, now now we don't want to go to church anymore. We don't want to see them. We're mad at them. And and, you know, the bottom line is none of those spaces belong to you. They got here first. You shouldn't have been late. Can I have an amen now? I know I'm preaching now. I always carry a couple of amens. Y'all know that. Right here in my pocket. But we, have, we, we won't forgive each other because we don't understand the value of being a part of the family. Of course people are going to step on your toes in the family of course forgive them and move on they forgave you when you stepped on their toes and didn't give them five dollars back that you borrowed from them can i have an amen y'all well what happens is look what he's saying he's talking about how we're to deal with each other then he goes down and he says here in verse 14 but above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were were called in one body, and be thankful. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And when He says, do all, what He's saying is, as a representative of the Lord Jesus. You're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing in His name. I've been born again, I'm a part of the family it's not about yes i praise god for my natural family my natural family is purposeful god has established it we thank god for that but but i have to realize that i have dual citizenship here that i have that i have a kingdom uh uh, perspective that i have to maintain and that i'm responsible for how i represent not only just my natural family but also my spiritual family